hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Here it is. Struck him out. And for the first time since 1954, the Giants are world champions. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Kendrick into the opposite corner. That one well hit. Springer looks up, and it's gone! Left side, Swanson to first. The Braves are world champions! What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the MLB Takeover Podcast, brought to you by the Takeover Podcast Network. Alongside Matt Danielek, I am Chris Lavalley, and we have an exciting show for you all this week. Matt, what can they expect? We're going to talk about yet another Mike Trout injury this week. We're going to discuss the first round of MLB power rankings as a way to kind of touch around the league and see what's gone on through the first week of the season. Um, in our Two Angry Men segment, we're going to discuss the almost perfect game that happened uh, from L.A. Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw. And to wrap up this week with our first name basis segment, we're going to talk about our favorite baseball movies. But before we jump into the podcast, we have to tell you about an exciting and fun opportunity for all of you who love to play fantasy sports. We here at the Takeover Sports Network have teamed up with Prize Picks, and they have a special offer for all of our listeners and viewers. New users that deposit and use the promo code TAKEOVER will receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times in any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made, fantasy points, and more. Prize Picks allows also allows mixed sports entries. For example, you can take the over on Durant combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks has an award-winning and easy-to-use mobile app, which you can find both on the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So if you're looking for a fun and easy way to play Daily Fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks and don't forget to use the promo code TAKEOVER so they know that you that we sent you. That's Prize Picks, promo code TAKEOVER, and let's get into the podcast. So as Matt said, Mike Trout has yet another injury. Trout is day-to-day after being hit on the left hand Sunday against the Rangers. Uh, it was, he was hit with an 81-mile-per-hour slider in the fifth inning of the Angels' 8-3 victory. The nine-time All-Star is batting 267 with two home runs to start the season. This, I believe, is becoming a bit of a pattern for Mr. Trout, who took the words right out of my mouth. I understand it's a fluke injury. I get it. I do. I get it. But I was doing a little research, and if you go back and you look, he's um, he's missed quite a few games. Since 2019, Trout has missed time for eight injuries, including Sunday's hand injury. He missed time for injuries with his foot, his calf twice, his elbow, toe, and now his hand. And for those who may have forgotten, he was uh, in 36 games last season due to that calf injury. Oh, it's not been forgotten, especially <laughs> especially if you drafted him in the first round of fantasy last year. That's true. Um, look, it's a fluke, but a lot of his injuries have been flukes. All right. There's something to be said for just having really bad luck. And Mike Trout is the best player I've ever seen relative to his poor injury luck. It's like, if you put the scales together, you know, injury luck, 
greatness, Mike Trout, they're both up here. Or the greatness is all the way off the screen at the top, and the injury luck is way down at the bottom. However you want to parse it, that dude just gets hurt, these random injuries, and it's just it's denying us a full and complete MVP Mike Trout season, which we deserve. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. I'm. It's just... It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because the Angels have been playing really well. I was just gonna say they're six and five to start the year. They are. If you want to talk, I I really like um, CBS's Major League Baseball coverage, um, mm-hmm. and so that's the power rankings that we're gonna go off of today. We can kind of blend it in a little bit to what we're talking about here. The Angels are the biggest riser from the preseason power rankings to the end of week one. They went up 14 spots to ninth overall in the CBS power rankings at six and five. Like they had a five and one week. They had a five and one week. They're a good team. You might have been right about the Angels. I was definitely right about the Angels. I mean, we'll it, we'll find out if Trout can stay healthy. That I mean, he's the he is the only way that this team obviously makes it to the postseason. Um, so Rendon, Rendon is also now hurt as well. Rend, Anthony Rendon is also day to day. Yes, I want to point that out. Uh, you know, so according to Madden, Madden said that this isn't a significant injury, but expects Trout to miss at least one game. It's a freak accident, which we already said. I, I just, for me personally, I'm just starting to get a little concerned about his health. I, I just, again, we've it's been two years, nine times he's been injured in two years. It's just that's it's starting to add up, and eventually, and he's not getting any younger. He's now in his thirties. No. His body's going to start breaking down. Um, I'm just wondering if we've hit it, if we've seen his peak. Is this now his come down, or is he still ascending a little bit more? You know what I mean? Like we don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but I'm I'm starting to wonder if if maybe we've seen the best that we were ever going to see of Mike Trout. I mean, it's different because Pujols never really had the injuries like Trout has had, but we did see that with Albert Pujols. We saw. But 11 seasons where he was absolutely incredible. And then about eight seasons where he had a whole second career, basically, where he was average or maybe a little above average a couple seasons and then below average for a large portion of them. I want, I do wonder. It's a shame to even think about because Mike Trout is on a level unto himself in this era of baseball. And it's disappointing to think that maybe because of injuries. Is there something to it? Like, should you get out of the way? It's an 86-mile-an-hour slider. It's not like it's the fastest pitch you're going to see all day. Yeah. It's on hand, which means it was at least relatively close to being over the plate. Should you get out of the way? Probably. I mean, yes. I, I, I think there's there's something to be said for his – maybe his lack of, of concern about injury. Um like I know that like standing in and taking the hit is part of being good at the plate as a baseball player, at least traditionally. But like, hello, don't get your don't get broken bones and things like that from taking pitches. Like, get out of the way. It's Mike not Trout. a preseason baseball game. It, it's regu- it's you're, we just started the season. This isn't the right. time to be you know getting your lumps and bruises. And it's not little league either. We're not trying to instill any values here or teach the game. Like just get through the season, Mike Trout. Right, please. All right, so let's get to our week one takeaways. I have three topics from uh, in regards to this. We didn't talk about this beforehand, so I don't know how many you have. I've got the AL East. I want to talk the Dodgers and the Giants, and I want to talk about the Mets. 
I think that's a fair place to start, and I'll sprinkle in a little in between. All right. So I think I think the place to start, obviously, is the AL East is what we expected it to be. Yeah. The top four teams are separated by no more than a game and a half. You got the Blue Jays in first. The Sox and Yanks are a game back, and the Rays are a game and a half back. And the Orioles are still hanging out in AAA. So I, the AL East has been phenomenal to watch so far. Me on a selfish personal note, the Yankees have the best bullpen in all of baseball with a 1.21 ERA. So that makes me very happy given the fact that our starters can't seem to get out of the fourth inning. So it's really good to know that we, we still have a incredible bullpen um, that's kept us alive. I'm not thrilled about the fact that the Yankees dropped two of three to the, to the Orioles. That is just reminiscent of last season. It's like watching, it's literally like watching it all over again. Um, The Blue Jays though, have been exactly what I thought they were going to be in the preseason. They've just, they've been amazing. They've been amazing to watch. Um, what say you? How do you feel about your Red Sox? Um, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily discouraged uh, because there's been some good play in there. But I mean, I mean, both the Yankees and the Red Sox coming into this week at five and five, it's like okay, about what we expected. Yankees aren't really hitting yet. Sox pitching hasn't been very good. Why on earth is Rich Hill pitching five innings in a start? I don't understand. I don't understand what we're doing. He's like 74 years old. Put him as a relief pitcher. Why does he need to start? You're not trying to get a quality start out of the guy. What I will say is Michael Watts has looked pretty good, which is a huge bonus. It sounds like at some point this season, they're going to make Whitlock a starter, which I hate. Because right now, with the way Diekman's playing with Whitlock, and when Barnes comes back off of the short-term IL, it actually looks like the Red Sox might have a pretty good bullpen for a change. Mm-hmm. Which is just like a whole different ball game. Neither team, Sox or Yankees, has been hitting the ball well. No. Yet. I mean, Verdugo's had a hot start. You know, Bogarts has just one homer so far for for the Sox. The team I'm most interested in, because I, we agreed all along the Toronto Blue Jays were going to take this division in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And they look like exactly the team we thought they were. They're an absolute powerhouse. They have the pitching to contend. The Tampa Bay Rays look like they're going to finish fourth in this division right now. I don't care that they're a game ahead in the standings at the moment. Or actually, they're a game behind. But... Uh, sorry, I thought they were six and five. They were five and six. The Rays do not look good. They're not going to have Glass now back this year. They don't have any ace pitchers in their lineup right now, in their rotation right now, you know, without him. Not a true one, not a Cy Young candidate pitcher. And I'm sorry, but you can only piecemeal so much together. So, in terms of the AL East, I think everything else is kind of, um, chalk so far the the big takeaway for me is that I think that the Rays are the weakest of the four possible playoff teams given what we've seen so far i would agree with you i i i'd pick the race to come in second in this division and again it's early so you know, things right, are it's only it's only week one we get but we should still right. it's more no, fun to overreact to it, it than underreact yeah no i mean if, if things keep going the way that they've been going so far no i think you're right um I, I i actually don't think the race will make the playoffs if they keep going in the trajectory or trajectory that they've been they've been going so far all right, I want to jump to the National League. Unless do you want, do you have any anything you want to touch on in the American League while we're while we're hanging out over here? Um, just very quickly, somehow once again the Houston Astros just look like a monster 
Justin Verlander's back firing six scoreless, eight scoreless innings. In his yeah, second start back from Tommy John surgery. Again. Uh, you know, I hate the Astros, but I love Verlander. He's so much fun to watch. He, yeah, he, he really, he's really he special. Wonder at this point. It's true. Yeah, I mean, other than that, the AL we've talked about it. It's pretty, it's pretty uninteresting. Um, I do want to say that at this moment, the Orioles are only about three and a half games back from the Rays, so maybe the Rays will lose this division entirely. Okay. If the Orioles can just play the Yankees a whole bunch, yeah, apparently, yeah, obviously, I, I just that's it's so embarrassing. <laughs> The Dodgers and Giants are the two best squads in the National League. The Dodgers have won seven straight. The Giants have won five straight. The Dodgers are leading all of Major League Baseball in runs scored with 58. And the Giants are leading all of Major League Baseball in runs allowed with 20. So I think I, it, they're not just the two best teams in the National League. I think they're the two best teams in all of baseball right now, given what I, we've seen so far. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any question. And you even got we're at a point now where for the Giants, I mean the Dodgers and the Giants, they're they're the two best teams in baseball, but they are polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Polar opposites. The Dodgers have bought MVP after MVP after Cy Young winner after all of these guys and put them together to build this powerhouse. And you know who's right there contending for the division is the Giants, who have the resurrected Evan Longoria from the Crips last year, and he's not even playing. And this kid that's been playing, I, I'm so sorry, I forgot his name. There's a there's this 24-year-old rookie who's starting at his place right now that's mashing, absolutely balling out right now in place of, of Evan Longoria. Like, the Giants are just pulling this out of nowhere, and it felt like a fluke last year. But the fact that they're coming out and doing the exact same thing it's obviously just who they are. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's awesome to see the giants be able to, cause that was the question, right? Coming into the season, are the giants going to be able to repeat or was last year a fluke? And so far it, it looks like we're going to have a repeat of last season in this division, which is to me, I think is tremendous. I, again, you, it's, it's kind of like you've got the homegrown team against the evil empire. It's, it's <laughs> yes, it's really, exactly. It's the Yankees used to be. So it's it's nice to see that in another division. The Mets. We got to talk about Matt's favorite team oh. in all baseball, the Mets. The Mets pitching staff is on fire. Mets starters are 6-0 and with a 1.07 ERA. They've given up six earned Without runs. Without the best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> six earned runs in, in 50.1 innings pitched, and that's through 10 games. The Mets have a two-and-a-half game lead in the NL East. And they are third in runs allowed behind only the Giants and the Dodgers, respectively. So okay. the Mets right now look like they are one of the best teams in baseball. And this is encapsulates the Mets beautifully because there are so many people now that are on the Mets bandwagon and they're going to be crying come August. Precisely, precisely my thought. Okay. Let's let's talk about this Mets thing for a second. Uh, because I just I just broke my brain looking at the Mets sitting at number three in the MLB power rankings. Okay, <laughs> yeah. at, a, at a fierce seven and three, and I also you know went and took a look at the um, you know at the pitching numbers like you were just talking about. Not to mention the fact that Francisco Lindor has a six hundred slugging percentage, four forty two on base, two doubles, three homers, and seven RBIs, nine runs, and two steals in ten games. Yeah, he's earning his contract. 
Francisco Lindor has been a one-man hit crew yeah. for, for this Mets team. And we know that even if Lindor is not the player that he looked like last year, because that was just an abomination, he's not this guy. Okay? No, 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 no. no. He's no. not. And I think it's also fair to note that the Mets have played absolute bottom feeder teams to start this schedule. That's fair. I, you're right. They're, they're not playing. Then it's not like they're playing playoff teams, but they are beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. And that was part of the Mets' problem last year down the stretch was they couldn't even beat the crappy teams. They they were one of them. They became one of them. So. I am going to give the Mets credit for actually beating up on the teams that they're supposed to be beating up on. Uh, because look at the Yankees. The Yankees can't even beat up on the freaking Orioles. I mean, it, it's there is something to be said for you play who you're scheduled to play, and regardless of if it, they're, they're gangbuster teams or they're, or they're crappy teams, you got to win the games. So sure. I'm, I'm just saying, look, I think the Mets, are, the Mets are into collapse. That's what they do every single year. I'm not yes. going to change my pick and all of a sudden jump on the bandwagon. I just I credit you got to give credit where credit's due. That's all. Sure, I agree. I just think when we're looking at these guys, Chris Bassett and the rest of these pitchers for the Mets that are just absolutely blanking people, they're blanking the Diamondbacks. Okay, they're blanking. They're not playing quality major league baseball teams. And yes, you do have to beat the teams that you're playing, regardless of who it is on your schedule. But when you're looking at a small sample size, it's important to provide some context for that. So. You know, like the Yankees are playing the juggernaut Baltimore Orioles and dropping a couple of games. You know, I mean, the Mets have only had to play the Diamondbacks, so. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm not going to let this Orioles thing go. I just yeah, want clearly. to clearly. I appreciate that. Um, do you have anything else you want to touch on? If not, we'll move on to the Two Angry Men segment. Yeah, I think um, it's important to note that uh, Ronald Acuna is starting his minor league rehab assignment for the Atlanta Braves so I don't think it's fair to judge them too much until he's back although you know Soroka's still out uh, Max Freed hasn't looked that great yet for them there's certainly going to be a lot of come down this year kind of like we like I like I thought there was for the Braves I don't think they're going to be uh, any great power this year but they are they are going to get their their MVP back the guy that would have won the MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt and then Freddie Freeman won it instead all right Two angry men. Matt is on. Matt's pretty. Matt's pretty ticked off about what happened last week with Clayton Kershaw, who was pulled in the seventh inning of a perfect game. So here's the background, and then I'm gonna let Matt go. Kershaw pitched seven perfect innings last Wednesday against the Twins. He had 13 strikeouts, and he threw 80 pitches in that start. Now, Dave Roberts claimed that he pulled his former ace as a practice of caution, given Kershaw's return from his flexor injury. Kershaw insisted to reporters after the game that, quote, Roberts did the right thing, end quote, by pulling him. And just to note, Clayton Kershaw threw a new a no-hitter, so he has a no-hitter in his career back in 2014. Okay, Matt, go. Chris, do you know how long Major League Baseball has been around? A long time. Approximately 146 years. 146 years. Do you know how many perfect games have been thrown in the 146-year history of Major League Baseball? Uh, let me say 45. 
23. Damn. Wow. Okay. Whoa. I overshot the shit. There have been 23 perfect games in Major League Baseball history. Do you know how many no hitters? Uh, a much higher number. I'm really I was kind of hoping sure. it would be around the 40 so I could kind of redeem myself there, but okay. It's no big deal. If you don't have it, it's fine. It's fine. I was just trying to make myself feel better. 314 no hitters have been thrown. Wow. Yeah. Damn. So you're way off either way. 23. Trivia is not my game. Uh, yeah, okay. So 23. Okay. 23 perfect games. There is no statistic. There's no single individual player statistic in any sport that cannot, not 600 yards passing, not seven touchdowns, not a hundred, 100 points in a game is the only thing greater by an individual player in any sport than a perfect game in baseball. And that's unfair because the game of baseball is pretty much the same as it was 146 years ago. The NBA is a totally different game. Wilt scored 100 against guys who are 8 inches and 100 pounds lesser than him. 23 perfect games in Major League Baseball history. I don't care if Clayton Kershaw never pitches another game in his life because his arm falls off. If he has got a shot to be the 24th guy in the 146-year history of Major League Baseball to pitch a perfect game, you keep him in and you let him throw the ball. It's greater. He's already got a World Series championship. He's got his title. He's got his accolades. He's won a Cy Young. He's done everything that he needs to do in his career. He had an opportunity to be in a club that is so exclusive, so exclusive that like one player every 25 years gets in it. Sorry. One player every five years? Don't ask me to do math right now. I'm really upset that Clayton Kershaw missed out on the opportunity to pitch a perfect game. All right, so here's the deal. You're going to get even more upset right now because I'm taking the opposite side. And I'm you not have to be kidding me. I'm not even doing it just to piss you off. I've been, I've been holding this in all week. <laughs> here's why I'm taking the opposite side of this. Because Kershaw said after the game that his cutoff for himself was 86 pitches. He did not want to throw more than that. Roberts came up to him and asked him afterwards. This was this was in a uh, an article I read from the Athletic. If he was good, and Kershaw was like, "I'm done, I'm done, I'm good. I threw, I, I hit 80 pitches. I only have six more to go until I hit my limit that I had set preset for myself." Look, I, how can I argue with the athlete? So in, initially. I was with you. I'm going, Dave Roberts has done, this isn't Dave Roberts' first time pulling people from no hitters or perfect games. He's done it in the past. He's actually notorious for doing it. So I immediately was right on your side. I was ready to kill Dave Roberts and going, this is this guy's an ass. This, he just does this all the time. He tries to make it more about him than I think his players. I've never been a Dave Roberts fan. And I think anyone who's listened to me back when I had the, the podcast with Austin Space, I used to crush Dave Roberts all the time. Not a fan of his. But when your pitcher is telling you, your aging pitcher, who is coming off a serious injury, is telling you, dude, this is my limit, and I want you to respect that, and I need you to respect that for me in case I don't do that for myself, I actually, I, I think that that says a lot about Kershaw as a teammate. I agree. 
that I think it says a lot about Kershaw. I think it says is that it Clayton good? Kershaw is a bum. No, 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 no. Listen, you don't let off the gas. If you have the opportunity to set a record or to be in this elite tier, to do this thing that only happens once a decade, you have to try. I you have to you. try. I agree with you. Why are you playing the game? It's if a you're gonna... work, though, right? No, none of your starting pitcher. It's not. You're on an island. You are the only person who matters. If you're the starting pitcher, you can do everything yourself. If you're the starting pitcher, man, he's thinking ahead. Yes, unless you're a starter. See, but he's thinking ahead, though. He's looking at it as if I throw out my shoulder in this game for a perfect game and I can't perform come October for whatever reason. Then I've, I've let I'm not only did I let my team down, but I let myself down. Have you he seen that roster? And he was willing to stick to it. I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. I call that absolutely cowardly. Oh my goodness! Absol- that is cowardice at its peak in sports. It would if be you cowardly. have an opportunity to do something that only twenty has only it's not even twenty three other players have done it. Twenty three other times it's happened. He doesn't need to though. What is he proving? What does Clayton Kershaw have to prove? He's the best pitcher, but arguably in Dodgers history, second only to Sandy Koufax. If you even want to make that argument, Clayton Kershaw is going to go down as one of the ten best pitchers of all time. He has nothing left to prove. Nothing. It's not about proving anything to anyone. What kind? What does that say about you as a man, as a competitor, that you have an opportunity to go and throw a perfect game, and you just say, you know what, you know what, guys. I hit my pitch limit. That's going to be it for my tired little arm. I don't want to have to be – I take an extra two weeks off and recover, Kershaw. It says that he's not – You self- don't need to make your next five starts, and the Dodgers will still probably be 30 and 10. It says that he's not selfish. It's not about him. It's about the team. The only, And I, I will give him this too. He did say the only thing that bummed him out about getting pulled from the game or going out of the game, however you want to look at it, was the fact that he didn't give the catcher the opportunity to catch a perfect game. That was the one thing that he said that he thought about that okay. about after the fact. Well, your whole he, team is a part of the perfect game because your, your fielding players also have to play enough defense to be able to get you the perfect game. I'm not saying he's going to pitch 27 strikeouts. Well, I mean, you're right. Thir- it's a, he had it's 13 a, strikeouts in eight innings. There wasn't right. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. The whole team is involved in the in the perfect game, which is an iconic sports moment that barely ever happens. But we've seen combined combined perfect games in in, in the history. Of the combined perfect game means literally nothing to me. I don't want to hear combined perfect uh. game. See, one pitcher, that, one pitcher is a perfect game. I, I, like I said, I respect the fact that he understood his limit. And again, he has nothing to prove. He doesn't have to prove anything to you. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. He doesn't prove anything to anybody. Well, He's I just want you to know, if I ever see Clayton Kershaw in the street, I'm going to cold shoulder his ass. He's the greatest pitcher of our generation. He has nothing to prove. Not anymore. Him. If he had the cojones to stay in there and throw oh, the perfect game, God. maybe. Who's better than him? Pedro Martinez. No, stop it. Stop it. Roger Clemens. You want me to keep going? Of Justin, our, our just, generation? Roger Clemens was not our generation. 
Justin Verlander. Verlander is not better than Clayton Kershaw. I think he might be. You just like Clayton. You just you're going to say everybody you can possibly think of just to bash Clayton Kershaw. I respect him not only as a man but as my fantasy pitcher. I respect him. I think he's a wonderful. That's man. what this is all about. This is just a homer pick for you. Well, you know what? You would have gotten a whole lot more points if you would have gone for the perfect game. Yeah, but I didn't need it. I'm already running away with this league. It's amazing how good I am. Oh yeah, one, Brian one, Cashman, give me a call. I'll help one out. One week and you're patting yourself on the back. All right, we got to go to first name bases real quick, and then we'll wrap up the pod. So we wanted to talk real quick about our favorite baseball movies. Matt, what is your favorite baseball movie? I I feel really nervous that I, so I have two that I might choose, and I'm very concerned that you and I are going to have the same one. So do you have one definitively? Yes. Okay, please give me your definitive favorite baseball movie first. Moneyball. Oh, not even close. Good. <laughs> That's good. That's Not really good. even close. Yeah, no, Moneyball is my, my all-time favorite baseball movie. You like Brad Pitt that much, huh? I like I – li- I do. Actually, I do like Brad Pitt as an actor. I think he's underrated. But the movie as a whole I just thought was phenomenal. Um, it, it, it The cast is incredible. You have Philip Seymour Hoffman, Chris Pratt, uh, Jonah Hill, Brad Pitt. I mean, it was fantastic. It was fantastic casting. The writing was amazing. It was one of the best sp- – like it wasn't a documentary, but it kind of was sports movies that I've ever seen. And it gripped me from the beginning to the end. Now, look, if you're not a baseball nerd and you're not into analytics and, and deep diving into numbers and, and that kind of stuff, this baseball movie is not for you. And I get it. It's not a movie for everybody. But for me, it is one of my not only is it one of, is it my favorite baseball movie? It's one of my top three or four favorite sports movies of all time. And it's probably in my top 15 to 20 of, of movies of all time. Two things. One, your Oakland Athletics, six and five. Yeah, baby. I told you they were not going to suck. I, I didn't say they were going to suck. You did. You said they traded away all their good players and they were I rebuilding. And I said, don't be surprised if they don't suck. It's it's early and it's a rebuilding year. So and they, well, you just claimed that you were winning the fantasy championship after one week. So let's not say it's too early to say that the Oakland A's don't suck. Well, I can I can I can claim that I'm running. Also, away. I'm about to go full Richard on you. Oh, uh, shout out the uh, shout out the sports talk takeover or the sports takeover talk. White Man Can't Jump is not a baseball movie. You can't use that. Uh, no, I wasn't going to say White Man Can't Jump. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. We're not going there. I'm coming on the sports talk takeover, and we're going to have it out about this, but not now, not here. I have never seen Moneyball. Oh, you cut me real deep right there. <laughs> so sorry. Lie. You cut me real deep. So it's on Netflix, I think. You can check it out whenever you want. I will. Um, it's not going to matter, though, because the greatest baseball movie of all time is Major League, and it's not close. Oh, see, that's a good That's a good one, too. I forgot about Major League. That's a very good movie. Charlie Sheen. Like, dude. That wild thing, baby. That movie, that, and I'll be completely honest, A League of Their Own is one of my favorite sports movies. Yeah. I, uh, Tom Hanks is incredible in that movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got Rosie O'Donnell in it, man. Yeah, but it's young Rosie. She's still funny matter. back then. It loses value. It loses value. It just does. I'm sorry. It, it loses its value. I thought you were going to say, like, Bill Durham or Field of Dreams. I wasn't in A League of Their Own. I do love Costner, but Bull Durham 
not one of my favorites. Field of Dreams is good. Um, but yeah, no, Major League, I'll, I'll rewatch that movie a million times over. That's one of my all-time favorites. It's, it, I mean, that's a good, that's a good, that's as good of a choice as any, if you're going to take some, I mean, in the cast and that was unbelievable too. So I, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I, I am upset though that you have not seen Moneyball. I, I can't believe, I honestly, I honestly can't believe you haven't seen Moneyball. <laughs> I know. I know. I'll make Richard an effort. I, expect, I don't expect Richard to see anything outside of like, I don't even know, Space Jam. I'm shocked he even saw that as a kid. Um. White Man Can't Jump is the greatest sports movie of all time. Stop. Mike, it. Mike drop. Mike drop. And if you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. There, there's, I, I don't know what to say about that. All right. That's going to do it. We can't. I, I just, I can't. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the MLB Takeover Podcast brought to you by the Takeover Sports Network. Please make sure to give this video a like and subscribe to the Takeover Sports YouTube channel. And while you're there, don't forget to check out all the other great shows we have for you from the network, including the SEC Takeover, the College Basketball Takeover, the Big 12 Takeover, the Draft Takeover, the Big 10 Takeover, and the Sports, the sports Takeover Podcast with Rich Lala. That's easy for me to say. You can always find this show and all the other ones from the network, anywhere you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever it may be. Also make sure to give this show a follow on Twitter. It's at MLB Takeover. You can find Matt on Twitter. It's at Matthew Danielik. And myself is at Chris underscore LaValle underscore. And that's it. That's all we have for you this week. On behalf of Matt, I'm Chris. Talk to you all again next week.